This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. He just said, we're not going to your stupid thing. This week on Dueling Review, we review Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saiz. He's back! The original Sentinel of Liberty returns with a new shield, a new team, and a new mission. And he's not the only one who's back. Like the saying goes, cut off one limb, two more will take its place. Hail Hydra! Hail Hydra, everyone. This is Hydra. the uh, Dueling Review uh, review of uh, Steve Rogers' Captain America number one. Uh, which apparently has the whole internet. You know, uh, uh, DC, had, internet. DC had DC Rebirth uh, this week, and, and the whole Rebirth thing has been taking up a lot of media attention. Jeff Johns becoming head of DC Films has taken a lot of attention. The season finale of The Flash has gotten a lot of attention. The death of mm-hmm. Superman has gotten a lot of attention. Uh, right. The reveal of Three Jokers has gotten a lot of attention. And Marvel's, I just feel, was sitting back there going, well, we're going to need some attention, too. Nick Spencer, get on this right away. <laughs> Although this was uh, apparently um, almost three years in the making. Right. If apparently if you go back to 2014, when Nick Spencer first started on um, uh, Captain America, Captain America, the groundwork for this uh, reveal was uh, put into place. Yep. Supposedly it was laid in his very first issue. Yeah. Which I'm going to have to go back and maybe look for it, I guess. I don't know. But uh, this is I, uh, I this, this is a story that jumps backwards and forwards through time in a series of flashbacks. In the past mm-hmm. of 1926, we find out that uh, Steve's mom is, uh, you know, the dad is really a cad and just beats the mom and is a drunkard and out of work and everything. This is the mm-hmm. Great Depression, after all. Right. And uh, she is befriended by uh, Eliza. Actually, 26 is just before the Great Depression. Eh, close enough. It's a depression. It's not the yes. depression. And uh, Eliza comes forward and is like, hey, you know, there are some civic organizations that you might want to think about getting involved with. No, no, we're not Reds. We're not commies. Um, nope. But I think this group uh, might uh, might be of interest to you. Uh, why don't you come to one of our secret meetings that we're going to have? By the way, Hail Hydra. Uh, meanwhile, in the present, we see Steve Rogers doing his Captain America thing. He's recently been uh, de-aged. Or re-de-aged. Re-de-aged. Again. Because he was returned to his original age. Yes, he was turned into an old man, gave up his right. powers or whatever. They got sucked out. Uh, Thanks that's to the power the, of a cosmic cube, he's and, been returned to youth. Yeah. And uh, we find out that they're trying to stop somebody that um, has fallen under the spell of Red Skull and his uh, Hydra organization and has mm-hmm. become essentially a, a bomber. And Steve Rogers is like, well, you know, sometimes I listen to things that Red Skull is saying and I think to myself, you know. I don't like immigrants coming into my country and blowing people up. Hail Hydra. Or something like that. Well, there's also a bit with uh, Heinrich Zemo in here, which is weird. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Heinrich Zemo's been dead for years. Well, but apparently, maybe he hasn't been dead. He's been uh, locked up in uh, Pleasant, uh, Pleasant Hill, that, uh, that Pleasant miniseries Bill, yeah. Yeah, that has been going on. 
which was a super security prison. And Steve Rogers found out about it, broke them all out or they all escaped or whatever. It was exposed. And now some of the greatest villains are out and about again. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. I, I really still have no interest in reading that, that series. I was interested no, in it originally, but then when I found out that it's like, oh, it's just a supermax prison, I was like, eh, I'll pass. It's it's really, I read it, it's basically the prisoner set in the Marvel Universe, yeah. which it's an okay concept. I think the execution is just, I don't want to say pedestrian, but it's not really raised above the the level of just a comic book. I mean, there's there's nothing about that story. That takes it above and beyond just here's another story of the Avengers fighting, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. the super adaptoid. So Zemo was pretty upset because he was number three. He was never number three. And Red I'm just going to stop speaking one. to you about the prison. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm going to stop. So they um, Steve Rogers is about ready to capture Baron Zemo. Mm -hmm. And um, was it Blackjack? Jack Flag. Oh, Jack Flag. Um decides to help him because Steve was hanging out of uh, the ship that Zemo was about to uh, escape in. And um, Rogers takes him down as like, sorry, uh, sorry, dude, kicks him out of the plane and then is revealed that all along uh, the secret meeting that he and his mother went to in 1926 was a Hydra meeting. And apparently for the last 75 years, Steve Rogers, Captain America has been a Hydra agent. An agent of Hydra. Yeah. And this isn't, you know, I, when I read this, I was like, okay, so a couple of things are going on here. Uh, Steve Rogers is a double undercover agent. He's really doing all this to um, infiltrate and find out what Hydra is doing, to find out what Red Skull is up to. Mm -hmm. And he's still he's still a tried and true uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. But then uh, Tom Brevoort, who um, likes to talk. He does. Basically says, no, this is a real deal. He's actually been a, been a Hydra, Hydra agent all along. Okay. First off. You started a sentence with Tom Brevoort says, and my, my brain went, oh, we're, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, anytime you're hearing from PR people. And, exactly. And Tom Brevoort is not uh, not their head PR guy. No. Uh, but, but he's he their is, executive editor. Yes, and Tom Brevoort likes to interact with the fans. And one thing that's important yeah, about Tom Brevoort. he likes Brevoort, to call him stupid. Well, aside from being a blowhard of some note, in you know, like you and I are in a different way. I would I never that, call my fans stupid. Well, no, but you know, you're not a multi-billion dollar corporation. You're just Steven. I think that Brevoort likes to court controversy and Brevoort likes to anger fans. And there are people who come out and want to see Tom Brevoort kind of doing the same thing that Gail Simone does when she trolls people yes. about Colossus being made <laughs> yes. of adamantium. Oh, she loves to it's, troll people. It's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. But she does it in a way that you know she's joking. Well, I actually asked her the other day. I was like, that's a couple of weeks ago. I was like, Gail, do people, do these people that you're making fun of actually know you're making fun of them? And she was like, some of them do, but you're su she was surprised at how many of them actually don't, don't. get the joke. Yeah. And, you know, the same thing is true with Kurt Busick today. He was talking about this issue. And he's like, and by the way, also, Mary Jane's always been a robot and devil dinosaur learned kung fu from Iron Fist. <laughs> I said it. That makes it true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Brevoort said uh, uh, Nick Spencer, who's the writer of the series, pitched uh, 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 the story as part of a parcel of as part and parcel of restoring Steve to his youth and vigor. In the comics, he's been old a while, blah, blah, blah. Nick had a notion that we were going to restore him. But then we went into another story about Hydra, and this was the only tip of, and this is only the tip of the iceberg. 
Um, how long has this been in the works uh, is the question at time. And Tom Brevoort says, almost since the beginning of when Nick started writing the Captain America titles, which would have been at the end of 2014. So right around there, the conversation first started about this. It's been in the works for more than a year. Mm-hmm. So then my second thought is, um, there's some mind wipey stuff going on. They keep referencing the, the cosmic cube and, and tracking down yeah. the sentient cosmic cube. How many cosmic cubes are there? Uh, well, you can identify at least five, but most of them have turned into beings like the shaper of worlds. Oh, and okay. The latest one is Kobik, but before that there was Cubic and Rubik, the amazing cube, I yeah. think. And Well, I was just uh, curious because my thinking is in the process of being wiped and being restored – that uh-huh. and he even says in the issue, Steve Rogers, like, you know, sometimes I can't readjust what's in my head to what I remember or things that have gone on in the past. So part of me is thinking that this is a, a wire got crossed when he was being restored. Right. Well, and the the Marvel Universe did get a big reset button recently at the end of Secret yeah, Wars. At the end of too. Secret Wars, yeah. So it's important to know that this is a for all intents and purposes, quote unquote, post-crisis Marvel mm-hmm. universe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and to some degree, I think but, that this is the only way you could play that. Well, except they make a lot of references to Steve Rogers in years past. They make reference to when he quit being Steve Rogers and wore that horrible uh, costume. Uh, when, he they, nomad. when he was nomad, they made reference to him being turned into a werewolf. Uh, mm-hmm. And had adventures there, which to me kind of kind of was Nick Spencer telling the audience, calm down. I know you're going to freak out by the time that, you get yeah. to the to the end of this issue. But this happens and then everything's going to be put back. So, you know, please ride with me and don't freak out. And then, of course, everybody freaked out. I mean, did you get that from those little bits that were being dropped in there? Oh, definitely. And they are really playing on the history of Captain America being a piecemeal affair. They have Rick Jones in this, and Rick Jones is one of the most, I think, meta characters in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe because mm-hmm. Rick Jones has actually made reference to knowing he lives in a comic book. Right. right. I don't think he's going to do that here, but Rick Jones is a character who at one point jumped out of a crashing spaceship with a parachute. Somebody said, how did you know to have a parachute? And Rick's like, why would I not have a parachute? I yeah, could yeah. have to jump out of a crashing spaceship. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like the Rick Jones interactions. I like the fact that they're showing us some of these stories in the past have happened. I'll tell you, though. Did it make you mad? I because read, I, when Civil War happened, you got so mad at, at Marvel because it ruined Iron Man for you. And I, I went into this and I got to the last page. I was like, oh, crap. Matthew's going to be hating this whole thing because it's not, ruined Steve Rogers for him. I'm not mad, but I will tell you, I read probably the first 24 issues of uh, Nick Spencer's Morning Glories. Mm-hmm. And I read, yeah, yeah, we've read Nick them Spencer's yeah. run on Secret Avengers. And I've read some things that Nick Spencer has read. And I got to tell you, I don't trust Nick Spencer Why with a big mystery. Because he doesn't... Okay, DC Comics relaunched the Thunder Agents in 2009, 10, something like that. Yeah, yeah. What, what are they up to? Nick Spencer wrote... Well, they're all dead now. Oh, see? Nick Spencer wrote those first 12 issues of Thunder Agents. They are not in any way cohesive, and they have endless puzzle box second season of Lost Mysteries that not only never got addressed, never even really got opened. I, as a writer, I feel that Nick Spencer 
puts more attention into the puzzle boxes than what's inside of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not angry about this reveal for two reasons. One, Brevoort went to bat for it, saying that it's totally true and real. So I know without hesitation he, that there's things we don't know, and it's not totally this. true He and says, real. every single month, whether it's run-of-the-mill month for Captain America or an extraordinary month, our job is to put him in situations that place the character under some degree of pressure and see how he reacts to that. And hopefully, our readers are surprised, shocked, elated, uh, see something of themselves, learn something about themselves. To say it's a gimmick implies that it's done uh, heedlessly just to shock. The proof is always going to be in the execution, so you'll have to read the rest of the story to see. Uh, but yeah, I certainly it's believe it's not a gimmick, is what he says. Oh, it's a gimmick. It could be that uh, this guy he went after is a Hydra agent. He's still again trying to infiltrate. Now, this is only the there first is, issue of this, so I can't be mad exactly. at this because it we is this. Don't it's here for a shock. Context. Yeah, it is here yeah. for a shock. And I can say, you know what? This is shocking, but you know what? Steve Rogers is a smart guy. He's good at heart that we've always known him to be good at heart. Mm. And... He's got a plan. He's a man with a plan. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that plan is to secretly subvert uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything around it so he can help take over America. But, See, and uh, that's, that's another thing that bothers me, and we've talked about this, too. Whenever we tell a spy story in modern comics or modern movies or in, a, in modern television, it's always a corrupt spy agency that's doing evil things and never up to any good. And I feel like there's... Um, I don't know. There's a, a darkness. There's a grimness at the heart of an expectation that Captain America has been secretly part of the bad guy group for his entire career for 75 years. There's something about that. I can understand why people say it's disrespectful to the character or to the creators. I don't share that because it is clearly for shock value. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly something that we don't know the whole story. Right. And you'll, you know, Dan Slott killed Spider-Man and killed him for good forever and forever. Until he didn't. You know, right, until he didn't. And that's the thing. The Wasp was dead until she wasn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thor lost an arm and until he didn't. You know, there there are storytelling concerns at Marvel that are really big into the potential... Of a story, but this is a closed end story potential. This is just like Spider Man unmasking. There are stories you can tell here that have never been told before. Right. But at the end, you're going to have to undo it. You're going to have to put the toys back in the box. And I think that that is a frustration for me here in that we're seeing a Captain America like we've never seen before. Mm hmm. Because it's basically not a Captain America at all, it's something that fundamentally changes the nature of the character. And that is, that's, you can say that's gutsy storytelling, but. Yeah. I mean, we don't even as, know this could whole, be a whole creator. Manchurian candidate thing. That's the thing. And this is, this is something. If you said to me, Kurt Busick wrote this story and Captain America is doing these things that you can't understand, I'd be like, what? Wait, I want to read that. If you said to me, I don't know, Gail Simone, if you said to me, Jerry Conway was writing a story where nothing is as it seems and weird things are going on and Captain America's acting all crazy pants. I'd be like, ooh. But if you say to me, Nick Spencer has written a story where nothing is as it seems, I don't know, man. I just, I don't. Well, I don't know. I have faith in him as a creator to turn this into something that I really want to be a part of. I guess not being as attached to Captain America. I mean, I love the movies. I love the concept of of uh, Steve Rogers, but you know, 
my real exposure to Captain America probably the first time was that 1978 horror movie. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'm not as attached to Captain America maybe as a lot of our listeners or a lot of other people, but a lot of other people, to me, are like super over overreacting to this first chapter, which is a lot Part different. A lot, which is a lot different than the final chapter of, say, the death of Superman. Right. Part of it is the fact that people, many people, are reacting to you know the deep visceral love of the the movie Avengers Captain America. Mm, mm-hmm. Because frankly, Captain America was a character who was known by several hundred thousand readers, let's say, <laughs> until 2007 or 2008, yeah. at which yeah. point Captain America became part of a greater pop culture con- concept. Mm-hmm. And much as we saw with the feedback to Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel that gave us a Superman that was not in line with the primary expectation, you know, that people have. And when I say people, I mean the general public's general expectation mm-hmm. of that character. That's what this is. People have an expectation of Captain America, and he has been in the public consciousness, the greater public consciousness, for a very short time. Mm-hmm. But he's made a big impact. The Chris Evans Captain America doing the right thing, crashing a helicopter, a helicarrier into uh, the middle of the Capitol building to save lives, fighting next to the Hulk and being all clever and handsome and Chris Evansy, stupid, sexy Chris. Do Evans. you think do you think part of this outrage and I've seen a couple of people mention this is that uh, the reason why this is so distasteful for people is because Captain America was created by. Uh, Jack Kirby, who is Jewish, I believe Joe Simon was probably Jewish. No, Joe, si- Joe, Joe Simon. Simon. Jack Kirby, I don't believe, was part well, of Captain I'm, I'm, America. Oh, okay, because I was look, just looked on a page where it said he was a co-creator of this. But anyway, so uh, Joe Simon, I don't know if he's Jewish or not. Jack Kirby, certainly Jewish. Uh, yes. But in this book, they are essentially saying that Captain America has always been a Nazi. Well, And, and, that, and, that is, that and that's is problematic for people. Well, Hydra in the movies has been... The placeholder for well, the Nazis. Yeah, and it seems like post 89, 90, somewhere around there, especially when the uh, laws in Europe and, and American comic books are becoming popular in Europe, uh, the Nazis mm. in comics kind of faded away to uh, other organizations like Hydra replacing the Nazi organization. So we don't see Nazis in comics anymore because they're all dead, uh, mm. but also because of the um, – because we can transition to a group like Hydra. And so I'm just wondering right. if, if that is also part of the uh, uh, part of the extended hatred, anger about this. I think it is. And I think that, you know, this issue makes very thinly veiled references to current political discourse. Mm-hmm. And current political discourse in the United States in the year 2016 is a very vitriolic place. Oh, and yeah. It's a very good versus evil, and your your generation of good or your expectation of good depends on who you are and where you're from. Right. I think that, yes, by – and you're right, it is a Simon and Kirby. I was thinking it was Simon and Stan Lee. But nonetheless, Simon and Kirby are two creators who are Jewish. They created a character who stood up for American ideals without mm-hmm. being part of the American thing. You'll remember, yeah, yeah, Captain yeah. America mean, punched out Nixon 
right. who was who was the president because Nixon was doing the wrong thing. Captain right, America right. is about the American dream, not the American political reality. Right. What this feels like a little bit is a Captain America who is kind of pivoting to deal with a well contemporary this is, political theme and a and a thought process and yeah also, this is I was going to say this is not the first time we've seen this happen. I mean, Steve Rogers yeah. stood there in front of the crowd of Tea Party people. Uh, yep. Making commentary uh, and how he's also talked before with uh, whoever from the uh, Daily News about how he doesn't understand MySpace and doesn't understand. I don't understand NASCAR. Yeah. yeah, and That's so t- and in Sally this, Floyd and by the way, Sally Floyd can die. <laughs> but in this issue, it's Steve Rogers kind of understanding why people are leaning towards what Red Skull is saying and why they're listening to Red Skull. Red Skull becomes the yeah the Trump. Of the mm-hmm. political discourse of today, where he, he's trying he's, to block out uh, the immigrant. Yeah, he, he really is. Mm-hmm. And that is intentional on Marvel's part. They are trying to really get us to feel those those political concerns of the zeitgeist while reading this book. Do you, do you and think I'm fine Captain, with that. Do you think Captain America comics have become a gateway to discuss uh, greater politics than other Marvel comics. I mean, we, we're not going to see unbeatable squirrel girl dealing with this. Uh, you think, might see someone like Ms. Marvel dealing with um, race relations more on a um, smaller, a yeah. in a smaller area you might see, you might see Iron Man dealing and we have seen Iron Man dealing with corporate issues, mm-hmm. but political issues to me, from what I've seen have always been in Captain America books. They have. And the current editorial staff and creative staff at Marvel Comics loves to court that sort of expectation. They love to court a little controversy and get people talking and get people arguing. And Mm -hmm. Captain America is a really great book to do that with because people have such personal and really, really vehement beliefs on who and what Captain America should be, mm-hmm. which is why we're seeing this this blowback and which is why this is probably going to be a huge seller for Marvel. Probably. People are going to buy this book because of the controversy. And, and a lot of people are – had there were some rumors early on, like uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that said Marvel had something up their sleeve that they were going to unveil this week that would be just as big as Rebirth and maybe even yeah. overshadow some of Rebirth. And I think that you think this is it. I think this is it because by by today, if there was something bigger, Marvel would have announced it. Yeah, and, and maybe and they I, still have something. I mean, Thursday typically is a well, usually it's Wednesday, Thursday is when they announce their big movie stuff, so we can still see some of that coming down the pipe. But I mm-hmm. think this was the thing that they just all sat on and said, "Well, okay, we'll see what happens." And then Hail Hydra pops up, and then everybody flips out, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, and here's the here's the reason why it's okay to do what they're doing here and it's why it's okay for people to be upset if people are indeed really upset about this. Maybe some of our readers are not upset about this and they just think it's an interesting story or maybe they think it's a horrible story or maybe they really are upset. Here's the reason why it's upset because it gets you to talk about the comic. It gets you to talk about the character. It gets you to talk about the situation, whether it be political or just, you know, comic books in general. And I think Mm -hmm. discussion Lot, I mean, it doesn't have to be a heated discussion. It doesn't have to be people yelling at each other and calling each other stupid and you're dumb and whatever. Because you're stupid. I'm, because I'm right and you're wrong kind of stuff. Right. But it, well, gets, right. it gets you talking. And when you get agitated enough about a topic that you start talking, 
Then mm-hmm. you start to share ideas and then you get to see where other people are coming from. And maybe you find people that are on that same line of argument with you. And I don't mean argument as in fighting. I mean, argument as in discourse. And maybe maybe you find people that have a different point of view and you're able to listen to that and say, oh, I see where you're coming from. But regardless, you're talking about comics and you're talking about comic books and you're talking about things that should have. I don't know. I think comic books should have as big of attention. I think comic books should be as lauded as Mm -hmm. football, as basketball, as well, Major League Baseball. Sure. Uh, I think it should have that audience. I think it should have that kind of stuff. And the more people who are talking about it, the more you get a USA Today or a Time magazine or a Forbes magazine to get in there and talk about what's going on in the world of comics and point out to people that these are big, important things. I think it's good. And if it means that you have to have something that is maybe there for shock value and maybe there in a Nick Spencer kind of uh, I'm going to tell you a mystery way, Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. I totally am fine with that because I. I, you know, uh, what do they say? The, the two biggest um, uh, creations from America mm-hmm. are jazz and comic books. Those are mm-hmm. two biggest things to culture that America has had to offer. They're jazz I and comic books. And jazz is still super popular and the evolution of jazz over time has really changed and has grown and has got a much larger base. And then there's comic books that have 200, 300,000 people, maybe a million people reading them on a weekly basis. Yeah. And. Part of that is the self-limiting nature of the the distribution process. Well, which yes, is a but separate discussion. But again, but also part of it is this because we've got an issue here that we're reading that is until that final twist, just kind of an okay. Yeah, it was Captain just okay. yeah, it was really an okay Captain America book. I, I like the flashback. I, think, I like to see. I like seeing Elsa uh, yeah. trying to. Uh, subvert Mrs. Rogers at first, whenever she first appeared and she was wearing, cause uh, the flashbacks are all done in kind of a uh, monotone, not sepia, kind but it's, sepia it's not, it's not really sepia it. tone. It's more of a black and white with splashes of red in it. And when mm-hmm. I first saw her first walk up wearing red, I was like, Oh, maybe she's part of the black widow organization. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And so, so when you do get to that last page, yeah, that is the game changer, but you're right. For the most part, beyond those flashbacks, this is a pretty average, yeah. Boring issue for a guy who's just come back to be a hero, to be Captain America again. And Saiz does a really good job with the art, but this new oh, Captain America fantastic. design is just you don't not like – I don't – I don't. It's and, more in line with what we see in the movies. Well, and that's part of Except why for I the don't. shield. I mean the shield is different. Yeah. I The uh, the bits of great greatness – let's start that. Three, two, one. The bits of greatness are there for this costume, but it just doesn't gel for me. And mm-hmm. again – we have a story where people are upset because Captain America has embodied the character who is decent and good and doesn't bow to pressure and doesn't, you know, take the shortcuts or murder people like a Ben Affleck Batman or flip out like, you know, your even your TV agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kill people on a regular basis. Barry Allen, we say Barry Allen is an upbeat superhero on TV, kills people on a regular basis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kills a lot of people. Captain America is, even in the movies, a character who doesn't do that lightly. Mm -hmm. And to put a twist like this onto it is complicated because, first of all, this story has to do one of two things. It has to redefine what it means to be a Captain America or what I believe to be more likely. It has to redefine what it means to say Hail Hydra and to be a Hydra agent. Mm. What do you think that means? I think it means that they believe they have a hook that's going to make this something new and different. 
And I don't trust them. And I don't You don't feel trust like, Marvel? I don't trust this creative mm. team. Well, I don't I mean, trust it is. the writer. I don't trust the editor. Yeah, it would be the whole thing all the way up to Brevoort. Yeah, I'd, I'd say above Brevoort, to be honest. There's just... We've... We've seen these well, things. Well, I mean, then, then what's the deal with Hydra? Just because it was a, a big deal in Winter Soldier that suddenly, you know, saying hail Hydra to your friends is not only a joke, but it also is somewhat subversive. And Hydra has always been portrayed as evil incorporated, this right. fascist organization. Right. What we may have to do is we may have to do the inverse of what they did with S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D. is a company or a, a, a unit that did good things but secretly had corruption at its heart. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hydra is the same thing. They seemed to be evil, but there are cells of Hydra that are actually good and doing good things. And it's more complicated to be or, a member of Hydra than just you're an evil Nazi guy. Or maybe there is this faction of Hydra that is actually trying to do good and take out the other factions of Hydra. And in it's order to possible. and in order to do good, as it said on that uh, handout that was given uh, back in 1926. Uh, concerned citizens welcome. Maybe it is. Maybe it is their. Maybe it is an internal organization that is trying to take out Hydra from the inside. I think it's more likely that Marvel is going to make a heavy-handed uh, parable of today's issues and talk about it. You think? You think? And, <laughs> yeah. You couldn't and, tell by uh, Red Skull's uh, ranting, and, and again, Saez's uh, uh, freaking art in this is fantastic. He does uh, a great throughout. Red Skull. And the Red Skull is is creepy. The three goons that uh, Zemo has are fantastic. I mean, just, I really, I was looking at this art, especially with uh, Stephen Sheeran on the deck of the helicarrier. And I was just uh -huh. like, this is just beautiful stuff. And then when you have uh, Rick and uh, Jack Flagg and the other, what was her name? The, free, uh, free Spirit. Yeah, whatever her name is. All kicking back and, and drinking beers or whatever and sharing Steve Rogers stories, Captain America stories. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is some credible art. And then the flashbacks with the blue and the, the browns and the mm -hmm. reds. Just the art is fantastic in this. I do want to know who sets up and takes down the uh, little uh, glider swing at the end of the helicarrier runway. Do <laughs> yes, they have that's like a, I was thinking the exact same Do they have like thing. a glider swing that's agent who, <laughs> who specializes in Ikea? Same thing. I was thinking, man, that, that means there's got to be a crew of like four guys that have to yep. rush that out there so Steve and Sharon can have their special moment. And then as soon as they go inside to have their meeting, I can just see these four guys scrambling from outside the, the panel, just rushing in going, hut, 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 and picking it up and hut, 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 <laughs> and, and, and running it off. <laughs> I'm glad I was not the yeah. only person who thought that exact same thing. I want to see the assembly instructions because it's probably in <laughs> Swedish. Helicarrier rocking glider. Yeah, the uh, Helicarrier. It's got the umlauts all over the place. Umlaut. So what's, what's the, umlaut under the what is the bottom line on this, this book for you? <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty, but it does not it does not blow up my dress at all. What, why? I, Just because of until the last page reveal? The last page reveal is the biggest problem with it, but for me, it's an example of when Spencer took over Secret Avengers, he took over from Warren Ellis, and Warren Ellis did these stories that were super character-y and would have these elements of super spy stuff, and it would be like, this is why the Black Widow is cool. This is why Shang-Chi should totally be an Avengers, you guys. And Nick Spencer's stories tend to not be that character-oriented, so... We start with this flashback. First of all, we don't know a whole lot about Steve Rogers' childhood. 
but I really hate the abusive father bit. Yeah. And then we get into a point where it's like, yeah, people are going to die. And then the Red Skull is talking like, you know, Donald Rumsfeld. And there's just a lot to digest here. And what it's really trying to do is it's trying to provoke. I think it's trying to provoke partly a discussion that I don't wish to have, but partly a discussion. Political discussion. I feel like part of it is that it's a discussion that I don't feel that a superhero comic is well-equipped to have because but if, but if Superman, as we mentioned before, and then they fight. But if Superman in the 50s can sit around and saying, hey, if you're acting disrespectful to these people or to these groups or you're trying to put people down, you're not a good person. Uh, that what's wrong, story, what's wrong with that? What's that? That wasn't in story. That was a house ad. For no, these. I know. But still, what's wrong with that as opposed to having the same discussion here in a much longer format? Where it's not Steve Rogers saying, hey, you know, we should accept everyone and be opening and welcome to everyone. But you can see the ugliness in someone who is is just pure ugly in a comic spewing hate. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just don't want to read it. Mm, I can see and that. More importantly, I don't feel like it's going to have a satisfying conclusion because really we're getting to the point where Marvel is asking these real world questions of – can you say these things? Can you treat people in a certain way and still be a good person? Can you have these deep philosophical beliefs that turn out to be you're secretly an agent of Hydra, which is kind of an exaggeration of, oh, suddenly you believe X, Y, and Z. Or when you're at work and somebody says something really offensive and you're like, holy crap, how can, how can that happen? It's the year 2016. Yeah, how can yeah. an adult say that to me in the workplace? Not that that happened recently. Uh, but – when it comes to a comic book, they're not going to be able to really examine the question so much as use it as a trapping for a fight between Captain America and the Red Skull. It's, it's going to be decorative. It's going to be stickers. And when it comes down to it, I'm not averse to having a discussion about any of the difficult things brought up here. I'm not averse to a political discussion. I'm not averse to a discussion about whether you can be part of a difficult group and still be a good person, whether you can believe one thing that is seriously, seriously messed up and does that make you irretrievably evil. These are all important discussions to have. Mm -hmm. But for $4.99 a month, when I know that the answer is going to be here's a convoluted mystery that doesn't necessarily resolve itself and then they fight – I'm just I'm not in it. I'm not I'm not feeling it. So I would I would not recommend this book. Um and by the way, people who are saying I'm gonna buy this because it's totally gonna go up in value. Oh it's really? Totally not no, go it's not gonna go up in value. I don't see this as a as a as an investment of any kind. I've I, already I will seen say, it on the eBay, people have already tripled the cover price. <laughs> really? Wow, twelve bucks. As Ooh. seen in time. <laughs> I uh the parts of this book that I liked were the flashback bits, the flashbacks of seeing Steve Rogers, because I knew what was coming mm -hmm. uh, because it's spoilers, right? And our site's major right. spoilers. So I knew what was coming. Um, but so I like the flashback flashback bits because I like seeing how how coy mm -hmm. and how misleading people can be to get you into their group, especially people who are down on their luck. So right. that's the part that I like. But as you said, the rest of the issue for me was just like, 
well, come on, man. This has got nothing. I mean, this is supposed to be Captain America number one. Explain his new shield. Explain all this other stuff. Well, apparently all that happened in Pleasantville or Pleasant right. Hill. Pleasant Hillville. And so I was just like, what the F is going on here? Because this does not feel like a number one issue to me. It felt like issue 37 in a yeah. series as far as the main, as far as the, the present day story goes. By the way, uh, Sharon Carter is still old. Yes, she is still old. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. And then uh, for me, it kicked up and was made interesting again with the Hail Hydra reveal at the end. I know that this is going to be undone. I think most of our listeners know this is going to be undone. I, I'm definitely in for issue two because I want to see the part where he goes, okay, here's the plan. And you hear the bum, 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 bum. You hear that through the whole thing. And you and he's explaining how he's been doing all these things. I'm in for that. I want to see a little bit of this revealed. If they reveal that and it's satisfying, I'll go on to issue three. But issue three, that's when you're pushing on to, and now we punch Red Skull in the face. And by issue six, it'll be, you know, Steve Rogers uh, standing in front of the sunset with an eagle on his shoulder or, and Falcon Call. standing next to him as Steve Rogers and, and Sam Wilson, Captain America's together forever. All for one. And the of Abraham Lincoln will be like... Yes. Oh, score. It'll be always five ago. fighting as one Captain America, dun, dun. because that's what this has set us up for. We've already got essentially two other Captain America types running yep. around. So by the end, we'll have five so Captain Americas assembling to form a giant robot. Captain America. Yeah, the helicarrier will form into a robot. I'm all on board with that. And uh, You Steve, show me that, I'll read this. Steve Rogers will pull out his green uh, flute and play it. So for Steve me, Steve Rogers I, would not be a sixth ranger. Oh, he wouldn't be? Okay. Bucky Barnes would be the <laughs> sixth ranger. So Steve me, would be the red and Sam is blue. So for me, I enjoyed this issue for what it was. I, to be honest, having known everything that was going on in DC Rebirth, number one, uh -huh. I found that issue, again, I knew what was happening in both books before I even read them. I found DC Rebirth to be much more satisfying journey than this one was. I still say pick it up. I still say check it out, especially if you want to see what all the controversy is about. But I, I liked it. I thought it was okay. Uh, is this the best book ever? No. But is it certainly going to get me to pick up issue two? I think so. Yeah. I, uh, I can definitely see that. And my big concern with this is when you're in a story, you as a reader get to decide whether yeah. you're in or out. Yeah. Don't necessarily. I don't. I don't recommend making that decision based on hysteria or forthhand well, information. Well, but that's what history. That's why they build up the whole. Uh, someone's going to kill uh, President Obama, and only Spider Man can save him. Go check it right. out today. Run! But this is the thing. If or you're mad about this comic book, yeah. that's that's legit. That's fine. Yeah. You're good. I'm not mad about it. I just don't like it. It's very well drawn, but I don't feel like the story is up to that challenge. And I don't feel like uh, – here's the, you know what? Here's the thing. I don't hate camping. But if you ask me, do you want to go camping, I'm going to be like, no. And that's where I am with this book. It's not that I hate it. I just don't feel like lying on the dirt on an inflatable mattress – gives me the same payback that it did when Captain America beat up Richard Nixon. Oh, I'm, I'm sure at the so, I'm sure know. at the end of all this. At the end Captain of all America this, will just, beat up the ghost of Richard Nixon. It will Ooh. be it will be just back to status quo. But I think the first three chapters I think are going to be interesting. So 
Just see where it goes. Uh, coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, Baltimore, Empty Graves number three, Death Head trade paperback comes out. Goon Library hardcover volume three. If you like the goon, you want to check that out. Uh, Red Virgin and the Vision of Utopia hardcover comes out as well. Uh, DC Comics has Batman Beyond number 13. Woohoo. Bloodlines number three. That's the one where the aliens come in and they bite you in the back of the neck and then yeah, suddenly you, know you get you superpowers. That one's an OIV. <laughs> I read issue two of that thing. Oh, Bloodlines. What is Bloodlines about? Fill me in because to me, every time I see that title, it's aliens are going to stab me in the back of the neck and I'm going to wake up and be able to see through walls. That's exactly what it is. It's those characters. No, seriously? Yeah, it's those characters no. brought forth into a new story. And basically what it is is Rising Stars. No. So far. Yeah. No way. With Anima and Loose Cannon and Ballistic and Nightblade and those schmucks. And the, the it's not the Seven Deadly Sins aliens. It's actually little alien parasites that have taken over a whole town. But oh, yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's bad. It's bad. But I mean, they're not going. The the parasites are not creating like new heroes and everything. Like, I mean, it's not the original yes. giant aliens that were walking. It's not around. giant aliens, but they're doing the same thing. They're biting people. People and get so. Powers. Are we seeing like new fifty two versions of the of Anima and uh, what was Garth Ennis's guy? Um, Hitman. Hitman. We haven't seen Hitman yet, but there's definitely a loose cannon. There's definitely a Geist. Oh no um, way! And there's somebody. Yeah, and there's somebody else. Oh god, I blocked. I blocked it out of my Why? brain. Why? So. That, Why? Well, that's a good question. Why? Oh, I mean, Why? that was a fun event that summer that was out of 90, what? 1994, three, three something like that. Three. Yeah. It's while Superman was dead. So it was definitely 93. Well, yeah, but I mean, the, the cool thing was you got some new heroes out of it and, and DC was <laughs> and attempting. Then, was this and post, then Jeff Johns murdered them. Was this before zero hour or after zero hour? Must have been before zero before. hour. It was the year before. So, yeah, they were attempting to introduce new characters, and that was kind of cool because you had someone like Hitman. And you had, I don't know, Anima was probably the second most interesting person out of all that. But there really were not. There were a bunch of duds out of that. But to to come back and do it again? Oh, my gosh. I have been making a joke of this all this time, and, 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 and DC's been joking themselves. All right. Dr. Fate number 13 comes out. Green Arrow Rebirth. All the rebirths start coming out next week. June is the rebirth month. Uh, Green Lantern's Rebirth number one. There's a new re- uh, new uh, Green Lantern. Uh, she is introduced in the pages of Justice League number 50 this week. Very interesting. Um, Superman Rebirth number one. Survivor's Club number nine. Teen Titans Go uh, number 16. That is not uh, Teen Titans the uh, the Hunt. Hey, did you read The Hunt? The, have you read the, the newest Titans The Hunt? Hunt? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. did, it, did, it, uh, did it reveal that the, the creepy guy, the one... Uh, that's been hunting Mr. them all Fister. down. Yeah, Mr. Sinister is uh, is remembering things before Flashpoint. Mr. Twister is remembering things at some point before that were uh, intentionally erased. Yeah, So they haven't cool. explicitly said before Flashpoint, but they also said, wasn't there a 10th Titan? Yeah, yeah. And they're clearly talking about Kid Flash. Yeah, yeah. Who does? I mean, that's the big thing. For people that don't know what's going no on. No spoilers. Eh, sorry, it's it's been out for 24 hours now, so. No spoilers. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So I was I was wondering if he was going to be become the psycho pirate of the this age. Could be. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, IDW Publishing has Amazing Forest number six, Back to the Future Adventure Through Time board game. Oh, board game of Back to the Future, $34.99. Might see if that uh, finds its way into my bookshelf. Mm. Marty, 
Marty, it's your playing pieces, Marty. Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters trade paperback. That's $17.99. If you like Herb Trimpey, uh, the Incredible Hulk, Herb Trimpey, Marvel Artists Select hardcover. That's a pleasing flyer. I think that's probably about 150, 200 bucks. Do want that? Yeah, TMNT, Bebop, and Rocksteady, Rocksteady destroy everything. Number one. That'll be fun. Right ahead of the new movie, Image Comics has Casanova. I'm not even going to say that. Uh, let's see, Deadly Class number twenty-one, Elephant Men number seventy-one. Man, I thought that series was coming to an end. Elephant, Elephant Men. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe they're just really slow in getting there. Nowhere Men number ten, Power Lines number three, Saints number nine. And Savage Dragon 214, still going strong after, what, 30 years? Uh, it's kind or, of impressive. Gosh, it is 30 years, hasn't it? Wow. Uh, 93. Wow. <laughs> so 25 yeah. years. Wow, we're old. Uh, Marvel Girl. Comics. Marvel Comics says A, a Force number 6, uh, Civil War 2 number 1, Deadpool number 13, um, Old Man Logan, Matthew, number 7, right there for us old people. It's right there in the title. <sighs> All you old mans can go pick it up and read it. I'm not an old man, so I'm young. I have brand new teeth. <laughs> Spider-Man 2099, number 11. Spider-Woman, number 8. Uh, Spider-Woman Omega, number one, uh, Number one. SWO. They still do, what is SWO? Wasn't that Secret Wars? Secret something. No. SWO is, uh, I don't know. I think it's Secret Wars. You think? God, that'd be weird if it still was. But, you know, they, they carried on that... Uh, uh, Asso series or the X-Men thing <laughs> for like months and months and months right when they were still going into Secret Wars they still were doing that other uh, crossover event they have too many crossover events at Marvel you hear me Marvel Avengers many... Standoff is what ASO oh was. that's what it is Avengers Standoff but what is SWO I think that's uh, Star Star Wars uh, offing ongoing Star Wars ongoing oh that's right but they canceled Darth Vader and everybody's upset about that well, they didn't cancel it. It just ended, and they chose not to bring in a new creative team. Yeah, there you go. Let's see. Swo Marvel Comics, uh, Swo Under the comics and graphics novels category, we've got 4001 AD. That's the big uh, Valiant Entertainment event this summer. Uh, Andre Giant, the graphic novel. We've reviewed that on the Major Spoilers podcast. I think, Matthew, you yeah. reviewed that. That's actually being turned into a movie. Wow, uh, that's cool. Yeah, they're doing a, the, they're doing a biography movie about... Uh, Andre the Giant is based on this graphic novel, so go check that out. Uh, let's see, the Blaze Brothers graphic novel. Uh, surprise, surprise, Matthew, that is a mature reader's book. Blaze Brothers, I get it. Get Joliet it? Jake and his silent brother Elwood, the Blaze Brothers. Da, 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 Dark da, Souls da, da, number da, da, two, da, da. Death Force number one, Deus Ex number four. SWO uh, is Spider Women. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Doctor Who the Fourth Doctor number three. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Enormous Volume 2, number six. Hey, we prefer the term gravitationally exceptional. Hero Cats, number 11. Hero Cats of St- Stellar City. I think that is an Action Labs comic book. Hero Cats of Stellar City. Uh, Interceptor, number five. Jughead and yeah. Archie Jumbo Comics Digest. Legends of Oz, TikTok, and uh, Kalida. Kalida. Kalida, Tick. Talk on the clock, something, something, <laughs> that's a frap. Lookers number zero. Now, I know I don't know what lookers number zero is, but uh, let me tell you all the variants that you can get. Mm-hmm. You can get the nude cover. 
You can right. get the POV cover. You can get the cool. POV nude cover. You can get the sexy sleuths cover. You can get the sexy sleuths nude cover. You can get the sultry cover. You can get the sultry nude cover. You can get the wrap co- cover and the wraparound nude cover. What's a POV cover? Um, do you know what POV stands for? I do, but in this context, it doesn't. Um, does it? Yeah, probably. It can't. That's going to be my guess. No. I'm just saying I'm you probably going to be avoiding. Comic. I think you probably could, uh, but I'm going to be trying to avoid. I don't even know who this is by, but I'll probably be avoiding the lookers when it comes out. Lookers next week. is from Boundless. I don't even know who they are. They must be one of the adult. You know, they never list adult comics in this uh, premiere list, and, and uh, Diamond does ship adult comics. Um, but is Boundless somebody that deals in adult comics? Well, I know that Lookers is an adult comic. I don't know that it's That'd be interesting if that one accidentally comic. slipped in there. Be interesting. Uh, sure. uh, Providence number nine. Steven. <laughs> Steven Francis Schleicher. <laughs> you go to your room and you think about what you've done. No, I know exactly what I've done. And there was a nice time bomb there as, as, as you caught on to it what I actually said. Yes, I yes. heard it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Rough Riders number three, serving soups. That's S-U-P-E-S. <laughs> That's what it says. Those are both funny in context. Serving soups. Uh, let's see. Uh, slab number four. So cute it hurts. Graphic novel. Uh, Steam lore. A curious publication. That's a three ninety nine book. And uh, let's see what else we got. A whole bunch of books. Woods number twenty three comes out. As does Z Men number four. All coming out next week. You can check out the complete list over at majorspoilers.com uh, Monday afternoon when we have the updated complete list from Diamond Comics. Next week on Dueling Review. Batman Rebirth number one. Longtime Batman and Eisner award-winning writer Scott Snyder co-stars, co-writes with rising star writer Tom King. Evil 365. Gotham City faces the threat of the Calendar Man. You can show your support for this show and everything that we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a very important person at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep the show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you each and every week. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for checking out Dueling Reviews, and we'll talk with you next time when you'll hear Matthew say, Hail Hydra. This podcast is copyright 2016 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.